This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! We get to bring in the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, with us for a couple of segments on halftime, and we always appreciate that. Good morning, Chuck. Got a late night tonight. How you doing? Yeah, it's uh, it's an eight o'clock game tonight, so uh, I hope it doesn't go like as long as that fourteen inning game you called the other night went. But uh, <laughs> maybe we'll get this one done in regulation. The last thing you want is like two or three OTs on an eight o'clock game. Yeah, that was four hours, two minutes. You might need like uh, what would that take? About you'd probably need another another yeah, two. You need four or five overtimes. Mm-hmm. So let's not yeah. do that. Let's definitely not do that. Let's no, get a win I'm not too. Interested in that. Let's get a win too. Team's playing well, man. I mean, they look and and you could tell this even even in the in the previous two games before Missouri. I mean, they they there's a buy in right now. Uh, they're nobody's gave nobody's given up you know the season might have spiraled a little bit in in early to mid february but i don't it doesn't seem to have affected um their want to because it looks like they want to they feel like they're on a streak right now and when you feel like you're on a streak you are and that's how i think they approach tonight and if they win tonight, I think that's how they'll approach Kentucky. In their minds, they've turned this thing around. And their minds really are what matters most. You know, we can say, well, it's, you know, um, it's not exactly a, you know, it's not like they've won five in a row. No. But when you've lost the way they have, when you see just a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, I mean, you go for it. And I think that's where they are right now. I think they've... They've tasted something the last few times out that they've not tasted earlier this season. At least not until not uh, uh, not you know. At least until they played Duke. You know, it's been a while. So I think that's where they are, and hopefully they'll continue to play well tonight. Chuck, that's a good point you bring up. the The belief inside the locker room can be strong if those kids are believing and they're buying in. Um, and, and then that the, the, the performance Khalif Battle went out and put out. I mean, how efficient was that? Uh, just, just something that I, I think as fans, you're kind of like he's on the cusp. You're kind of like, man, he does have some – he shows flashes, and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like the perfect setup. And, man, what an efficient game he had. Well, you don't see guys score 42 points on 15 shots Mm-mm. very often. That, uh, that does not happen. And I know there's a tendency on fans' parts to say, well, how come they had not been doing this every game? Or why weren't they doing this last month? And I've heard that the last couple of days. And, and, and I get that part. But, you know, they're not machines. And right now, again, they feel like they're on a run. And that's all that matters is that they feel like they are. And so they played like a team that thought they were on, the, on, on, on a run uh, Saturday. And they talked like a team after the game that feels like they're on a run. And they should feel that way because that's what they've got to hold on to right now. And it's not over until it's over. So you keep playing. And right now, I mean, look, it's, it's whether they make it or not, it's a lot more fun to do it playing well at the end than it is just limping to the finish line. I think it was Bob uh, Holt had the article in the Democrat this morning about <laughs> all this success that – basketball has had under Muss in these last few years but have had trouble against Vanderbilt um 
which I guess doesn't make quite as much sense. Um, but sometimes w- some opponent just seems to have something over you. I mean, we see this annually in football in some cases. Um, we just hadn't seen it in basketball very much. But you have a sense of maybe why, or is it just kind of fluky? Well, I mean, Arkansas had won, I think, six, seven, eight in a row over Vanderbilt before the last two games. Um, but, yes, the last two games, two years ago, they came in here and stole one. I mean, they just flat out stole it. Um, Arkansas is a better team, and Vandy won the ball game. And, you know, last year, um, you know, Vandy, Vandy won the game on their home floor, as they do with a lot of people in, in, in Nashville. So I hear what you're saying. I don't think it's necessarily a trend. Now, if they win tonight, if they come to Fayetteville tonight, I mean, I think it's like, well, what is it about Vanderbilt? But, but I, 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 I hesitate to say it was flukish because Vanderbilt earned the wins. But when you look at the series over the years, it's very much been in Arkansas's favor. Hey, Chuck, um, Brazil got back in the game for a little bit. For a little bit. Uh, I, I'm always on, on the side of you, you want your best players uh, out there if you can get them out there, and especially with the, the couple games we have going, uh, going after this. If he's healthy and all, what, what do you think, 10, 12, 14 minutes this game? Maybe. I think the game will dictate that. I do think the guys that have been playing well together um, – have earned the right to run this thing however long this streak ends, if it's a mini run or if it's a max run, however long it is. Um, they've got the, you know, they, sh- they should be out there. And I think we saw that Saturday. Um, I think if Brazil had been able to go 40 minutes, I still think he'd have played four, you know, based on the fact that the other guys have been doing it. So now I'm not naive. Uh, you're looking at an opponent Saturday where if you're starting Devo at the four, it's probably not going to be a good day. So you're going to need him, and you're going to need Graham if you're going to go to Lexington and win that game. So, yeah, I, th- I think I think you probably do You know, try to get him a few more minutes tonight if it's within the flow of the game. But, um, you know, again, the you know, for whatever reason, sometimes – Players get on runs. We see it in all sports. Guys that are greater than the sum of the parts, and 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 the 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 sum's greater than the parts is is, is what I'm saying. And um, maybe that's going on right now. You see it. You know, sometimes teams that are struggling get on runs. Um, what I think we're going to find out, frankly, over the next two weeks is is whether or not um, this is a team that has. You know, strings together a few wins after all hope was lost, or if this is a team that you know puts together a legitimate run, and whatever the finish, wherever the finish line is, tried you know they're trying to play their best when they get there. Um, you know, I, Vanderbilt's a team that, based on what we've seen this year, Arkansas should beat. Um, then you've got three left, and two of them are against really good teams on the road. So, can you go steal one of those? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I work with women's basketball, uh, Mike, Mike is, he's, he's open in the way that I think he communicates with some of the players about where they fit or where the team fits into the postseason uh, uh, structure. Um, 
you know, with 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 Dave Van Horn, I don't, I don't I don't know if that's communicated too much to the players. That's more of something he talks about with the media. Um, you know, fans are talking about, well, you know, maybe we can get a run going in the SEC tournament, find a way to steal a bid. Do you have a sense that there's any kind of communication between coaches and players about that, or is it you just kind of because you we've talked so much on this show with you about you got to make it to that first media timeout and then the one after that, and it feels like that's what their focus has been on. It's not the big picture; it's immediately what is right in front of them. Oh, well, I think that's. Uh, I'm not sure how they do it. Uh, to be honest with you, um, in fairness, Dave's teams have not been on the bubble very often. True. Um, you know, and and Arkansas basketball under Buss has not been on the bubble very often. So um, I'm not sure how he's going to handle that. I think everyone understands what's going on. I, I mean, um, it's not like he's got to walk in there and you know, uh, explain it all to them. Now, I do believe as a staff, um, they have a pretty good handle on, um, you know, what the possibilities are and where they are in terms of net and what their opportunities to move up within that net might be. And, um, you know, right now Arkansas is tied with Georgia and they're game back of two, uh, three other teams, I guess. And um, when you look at the teams and the way it all sets up, you know, over the course of the next couple of weeks, LSU's probably got the easiest path. If Arkansas is going to make a run through the conference tournament, they probably need to avoid that Wednesday game. Um, I think they've got an opportunity to do that over the next four games. When you look at what Arkansas's got, when you look at what some of the other teams got and how they've been playing. So um, I think there's an opportunity to do that. Uh, But you know, you've got to play well tonight. You've got to continue to do what you've done tonight. Hey, Chuck, uh, I, I like Devo when um, – I, I was going to get your thoughts since Devo's been back. Um, when, when teams go zone, if, if you've noticed, when Devo's kind of that guy that's running – I mean, you see Mark do it some. You see Mitchell do it some, going to the, the free throw line extended in that, in that zone. But Devo just seems to have a knack for getting in there and kind of making a play. Uh, what are your thoughts on Devo since he's been back? You know, the thing that I was really encouraged by, and, and I didn't really, frankly, realize it until I started getting my stuff together for the ball game tonight, um, you know, Arkansas had a lot of players, including Devo, who had very good lines, um, even though everyone focuses on battles 42. Uh, I think Devo had eight points, nine rebounds, uh, a couple of assists. I didn't think, just to be perfectly honest with you, that Devo played particularly well in the two games prior to that. Even though the team, I thought, played better, I I don't really think Devo did, to be honest. But I thought he did in that Missouri game. And to your point, yes. Uh, I really think, quite honestly, I I don't think Arkansas has been stymied by anybody's zone this year. Um, I, I don't recall, you know, maybe there's been a period where, you know, they had to adjust a little bit, but I think their zone offense has been good. And, um, you know, a lot of people get, get credit for that. But if Arkansas is going to continue this run, Devo's got to play like he did Saturday. He doesn't have to score 20. He doesn't have to hit a bunch of threes. They got other guys to do that. Those nine boards, those assists, eight, 10, 12 points. If he gives you that kind of line, um, Arkansas has got a chance to win some of these games. Well, maybe that'll happen again tonight. I have a feeling it will. 
Matt and I have both kind of already predicted an Arkansas victory for this one tonight. Here's the thing about it, and, and I'll sum it up real quickly. You just hope they're not out of time. They're playing well right now. You just hope it's not too late. Yeah. I think I, that's where we are, honestly. I think you're right. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. The, cl- the clock's not at zero yet, but it's under 30. <laughs> that's for sure. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa in downtown Hot Springs, Arkansas is the perfect destination for your next getaway. Join them for a romantic Valentine's Day getaway with a special dinner or romance package. Or if you're coming to town for live racing, they've got room for you every weekend, including Martin Luther King Day weekend and President's Day weekend. Experience all the luxury and hospitality of a Grand Southern Hotel. The accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more details. That's ArlingtonHotel.com. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or mobile device. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team. And remember to use the promo code BELIEVE. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online. The game starts here. We have the voice of the Razorbacks, Chuck Barrett, with us here for one more segment on halftime. And uh, I am at Palm right now. It's a beautiful day for baseball. Going to be 83 degrees. Colin Fisher will pitch for the Razorbacks against Grambling. We already know who the Friday starter is going to be. Hagen Smith. Uh, weekend of historic performances, Chuck. Uh, individual performances, team performances. Congratulations to indoor track for another SEC championship both ways. Um, but Hagen Smith start, that was, you know, the one I got to watch in person. Ties Jess Todd's record with 17 strikeouts. Uh, didn't Todd do that? I think it was eight innings. Um, but that was an SEC tournament game that you were on the call for. And what do you remember from that? Well, I remember he struck out the first nine batters of the ball game. And South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, was ranked number one in the country then. Um, if, if it was not number one, it was two or three. They were the top seed in the conference tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And, um, yeah, he just, um, you know, if it took more than 27 pitches, it didn't take very many more than 27 pitches because he was dominant. I thought about it watching Hagen Smith Friday night. Um, you know, I don't think I've ever seen anyone at any level work six innings and record 17 strikeouts against 18 batters that's that's what a guy does in high school you know that's 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 what a future big leaguer does as a high school pitcher um and it's not like oregon state was chopped liver i mean they'd averaged and you know this better than i do they'd averaged 10 runs an outing over their last at least four games so um he did it against the type team that you're going to face down the stretch when it gets hot. Well, he threw seven no-hitters in high school. And, uh, you know, those are the Did numbers. really? That, yeah, wow. That, that's, you, but that's the kind of thing. It's like, oh, seven no-hitters in high school. But it's high school, too. Oh, yeah. there was that one game that he struck out 15 batters in five innings. But that's high school. No, yeah. that was a Friday night against Oregon State. <laughs> yeah, you just, um, again, I mean, I've uh, kept up with it a long time. I don't recall anyone ever doing that. I, at You know, generally... It's really been over the last, I guess, 15, 20 years where if somebody did something in college baseball, the rest of the country found out about it. You know, social media is kind of aided with that. But I don't recall anybody anywhere doing anything like that when I was, when I was around it all the time. 
Todd had some time in the big leagues, and I remember watching him pitch in the Texas League. He wasn't a starter for very long, but he was a starter in the Texas League. Um, he was, wasn't he like, a, I think he was uh, shorter than six feet, re- had those Popeye forearms. I think I remember a heavy sinker, and one of his teammates described him to me as being country strong, which he pitched like that. Yeah, he was um, he was a little you know he was a little guy comparatively speaking to big league pitchers. I mean, he's bigger than me, bigger than you, but small compared to what a big league pitcher is. And I don't know what the arm situation was with him. It's been a long time. I got to admit, it's been uh, gosh, it hasn't been twenty years, but it's been every bit of fifteen or sixteen now. Um, but yeah, the Cardinals drafted him, and they were going to turn him into a middle guy. And I guess he was for a little bit. And, you know, I don't know, 25, 30 games in the big leagues, if I'm not mistaken. Hey, Chuck, I, I want to ask you a football question. Uh, we, right. we got a couple Razorbacks going to the combine. Uh, you know, from afar, I'll kind of be, you know, wondering what their numbers are. You'll kind of be trying to t- catch out some of the snippets uh, uh, about that. And then. Then also, what do you think uh, the Cowboys are doing this year? If you're a Cowboys fan, what do you hope that they can see? What, what's kind of a, a position and need there in Dallas? Well, i got to be honest. I haven't really put on my NFL cap yet. But, um, you know, you can uh, – I, I would think in uh, their situation of just, you know, looking at the skilled guys, um, I would think that um, – receiver Uh uh an extra threat would be and and i'm going to be honest i've not kept up with the nfl combine you know more than i do there so i'm i'm not really sure um i'm not sure what's going on there you'll have to help me well you you know i want to see what mclaughlin runs you know as a d-back i think uh, chuck at watching him play i know you got to see him play more than i did i did but i think he can play on sundays I, i think if he's healthy and can go uh, and, and so you don't want to go run a four six eight, you know, if you're trying to play cornerback in the NFL. If you, hopefully that it's a four five one or lower. Yeah, he's gonna have to post the numbers. I mean, that's just what you have to do. You have to post the numbers, um, or you, you know, you've got a long route, um, you know, to stick. I will say this about him. I mean, he's got a knack for making plays. Um, you know, he's 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 got a knack for making plays, and he. He's kind of got the, you know, he's got the walk, so to speak, that you have to have if you're going to play at the highest level as a as a cornerback because there are going to be days when you're the hammer and days when you're the nail. And it's going to work that way and always has at that position. So, um, you know, I wouldn't sit here and say he's he's a surefire bet, but he's a guy that's probably going to get a chance, whether it's as a draftee or whether it's as a free agent. JT sent a text in on the text line. He's a um, he's a Cowboys fan uh, for life, and um, he's he's uh, this guy's falling kind of a kind of a Cowboys fan. He says positions of need for the Cowboys: great quarterback, wide receiver, O line, linebacker, cornerback, <laughs> running. He's got just about everything except you know maybe one or two positions. Well, they're not that far away, but they may be a quarterback away. I don't know. I, well, I mean, and, uh, they may be. 
and we get Phil and I talked a little bit about this in the in the college game. So so when you have a, a really good running back and can run the ball, it alleviates some pressure on the quarterback. And so right. so you look at JJ McCarthy and you're like, well, he's not the best quarterback in college football, but they had the best running game in college football. You know, they weren't were winning the line of scrimmage. So so to help Dak out, he needs Ezekiel Elliott. You know, he has a good tight end. My, I, I think one of the positions Dallas really needs is a uh, they need they need a bona fide running back, somebody that can. That, that they can t- turn around and hand them the ball to. Now, let me ask you a question. Because you ran a lot of zone read stuff out of the gun, which is the same thing Dak ran at Mississippi State. Now, I'm generalizing. I'm sure there were differences. Um, do you think he's an NFL quarterback? Dak, Dak Prescott is is definitely an NFL quarterback. I think he's a he's a B minus, and we we just talked about numbers, Chuck. We, is he a Super Bowl quarterback? I guess I do not think I do not think Dak Prescott can win a Super Bowl. I do not okay. think he's a he's is a good enough quarterback uh, to to no. I, I well, don't, then I we're know. doomed. If Matt Jones says it can't happen, we're doomed. But uh, what is it that's lacking? Where does it? Where does where is there room for improvement? He doesn't if beat the all? blitz enough. Uh, his decision making, uh, his arm talent is really not. It's not an A plus. So so if your decision making's not there, some and you're in the blitz, you kind of get a little nervous about that, and you don't have the arm talent. I mean, that's kind of three strikes right there. He's a, he's a gamer. He's he's a guy that you that's like yeah he can play he can do this. But when it gets down to it, I don't think Dak elevates his teammates. I think his teammates elevate him, and that's that's the whole that's the whole point. So do they need to draft a quarterback? <sighs> Trade up, get a franchise guy, let everybody know what's about to happen. If you think if you think Caleb Williams or Drake May is the guy, I think you have the defense. I'd take Drake May over Caleb Williams. I, if you could go get Kirk Cousins, you know, I, I think he, I, I don't know if he's better, how much better he is other than accuracy than Dak. But you would take Caleb Williams. No, I take uh, I take May over Williams. See, I, I like Drake May too. I, I think people get caught up in when you, when you're the quarterback on the best team. How, how much how much uh, pressure have you been under? You look at all these Alabama quarterbacks. You look at these guys going through. They're on the best team with the best roster. You look at the kid at at, at UNC. What he has to do on that roster, the decisions he had to make. I, I'm with you, Chuck. I, I like Drake. Well, May as well, and from the outside looking in, I mean, I, I may be completely wrong. But from the outside looking in, he strikes me as a better teammate. Well, all right. So there, there was a direction I might have gone too, because that they both faced a lot of adversity this last year, and maybe not the kind of seasons that they expected. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. There, <laughs> that's to be succinct, Chuck. I mean, that's exactly the way that I that I think I would view it too. And I, I wonder, you know, when you're when you're trying to decide between who are you going to pick for the one one pick or, or or let the second quarterback go by. You know, all things being equal, these meetings that they're about to have at the, at the combine would be pretty darn important, and the test that they'll take too, because they're, they're going to be paying attention. The to odds them. tell you only one of these quarterbacks are going to hit. You you know that not all three of these guys aren't going to hit. Well, my question would be: Are any of them Super Bowl quarterbacks? And how I mean, just know? because May may be the guy now, you know, you say I'd take him over the other guys. That doesn't mean any of them get you to the Super Bowl. I think a lot of fan. I think a lot of Cowboys fans. I mean, by now you you're baked into your opinion of Dak. 
You know, we some we got a text from Brandon. Put C.J. Stroud on the Cowboys. They're going to win a Super Bowl. We have one season of uh, one season's worth of of evidence about C.J. Stroud, and he was great. Don't get me. But wrong. we got a lot of evidence about Dak. You got all that evidence about Dak. So everybody's mind is made up about him this next year. It's like, well, the, the only way to change anybody's opinion is I don't think it's a matter of getting to the Super Bowl. It's winning it. That's like the only way to change that opinion. I think I think Dak may be good enough to go to the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's going to be with the Cowboys. Uh, see, I, I thought Tony Romo was good enough to win a Super Bowl, if that tells you anything. I thought Tony Romo was a better quarterback than Dak. That's because he played for Roy Whitkey up there at Eastern Illinois. Uh, yeah, I am kind of a Roy Whitkey fan. I That's know, very true. I know, I know. But um, I don't know. So I guess we've talked ourselves into the Cowboys drafting a quarterback. <laughs> and and he, I, I want to know who Roy Whitkey is. <laughs> Educate. He was the uh, He was the O.C., at Eastern Illinois, and then he was Coach Nuts OC for a while. How long did you play for him? Matt? I had David Lee for two years and Roy Wickey for two okay. years. Okay, uh, but right. I watched some tape of of Romo the college days and heard some story. Roy, Roy Wickey, one of my favorite coaches all, all time. That's pretty cool. Did he ever have a private jet? Do you see uh, Jackson Dart gets a private jet to do whatever he wants with? I guess with this new NIL deal, you got Carson Beck riding around uh, Athens, and uh, again, I don't remember if it's a Ferrari or a Lamborghini or a Maserati, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> and nobody can enforce any rules anyway now, so it's oh, literally yeah, it's, is uh, literally chaos now. This is if there was ever a time to ask for forgiveness instead of permission, this is it. Man, I mean, it's the, the, the every week there's something else that chips away at what is left of, of the NCAA, Chuck. So, like, how much, how much time do you give until the bottom just falls out? Well, we're nearing that time, uh, at least from a football perspective, where roughly 60 schools break away. Uh, we get closer with every, every court decision. We get closer. And um, if they can figure out a way to share the revenue – um, I think it'll move on to the fast track. Um, it's um, you'll have one commissioner. You'll basically have um, your own rules. You can actually make rules. Um, and the way it is right now, it, it's just um, um, there's just no way you're going to sustain things. And fans are going to turn on you at some point. I mean, we uh, we shake our heads at kids with private jets and Lamborghinis. We just kind of shake our heads now. Five years from now, we'll be pissed. I mean, yeah. it's kind of a fascination right now. It's like, can you believe this? Did you ever think you'd see anything like this? And we're all just kind of bewildered by it. Five years from now, fans are going to be angry. I mean, the bewilderment and the news going to wear off and they're going to see kids in private jets going seven and five. They're not going to be happy about it. No, I, I think you painted. I think you paid a, a pretty accurate picture about that, Chuck. Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Dry January is over. 
Check out the new Valentine's Day specials like liquor-filled chocolates. They have Jack Daniels Store Pick Barrel and Willet Bourbon and Rye as well. Come by Eastside Liquor at 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith. Now back to the podcast. Afternoon, Alyssa. How are you? I'm good, guys. Enjoying the uh, 75-degree weather outside. It's been nice today. You ready for 115 degrees in July? Because it feels like that. Uh, no, this no. Now, I'm going to take, take 75 in February. <laughs> yeah, let's bottle this up and keep it around for a while. Uh, Doubleheader yeah. today, 2-0, and oh, late night. Um, with yeah. baseball, I don't know. I mean, this is, it's grambling. I don't know what kind of development you can do um, against against grambling, honestly. So it's more about the pitching, I think, to me than the hitting. Uh, this is not the game where guys get their swings right because you're facing yeah. pitchers that might be throwing 75 miles an hour, you know, throwing rainbow balls from, from, from the pitcher's mound. So, you know, truthfully, like, I wish this game, I wish it was a different opponent today, somebody that would come in yeah. with fastballs that might be close to 90 right. miles an hour. Yeah, this is kind of that weekend where, you know, you, you had Texas Tech coming in and not in a few weeks, right? right. Like, just mm-hmm. to kind of get some stuff going. Um. But, yeah, you know, you, you look and see, okay, what kind of experience can we get guys on the mound today? You know, who, what, what can we see? Maybe we see a gem from somebody that, you know, we use down the road is, hey, we can go to this guy today. And, yeah, you know, offensively, just make good contact. Maybe get a little bit of confidence back. I don't know. Dave Van Horn is like, well, I don't know. I'm just going to throw somebody out there, see if they can hit. You know, he's kind of at that point where he's just trying to see – who can produce at the plate and get in runs and not leave runners stranded. So maybe maybe this is a cleansing game, like a palate cleansing game, right, as you head into Murray State over the weekend. But um, just go out there, execute, do your job, and just, you know, see see if you can gain a little bit of confidence back. But, yeah, other than that, it, it, it's not much to uh, write home about. Alyssa, it was take your pick this weekend. I mean, the Hogs had had stuff going on. Uh, the baseball team with the the, the pitching staff, Khalif battles forty two points. Uh, the track team uh, getting another indoor title. Uh, let's let's talk about this basketball team first, and and Khalif battling the forty two, and and maybe some momentum going forward. How, how, how yeah. do you see this basketball game going tonight? Yeah, well, you know, uh, one thing I do know that I can say with certainty that Jerry Stackhouse will be the best dressed man in the building. Mm-hmm. You know that. And secondly, you know, I hope that they're able to to continue on a stretch of consistency that we have yet to see from this team all year. Even going back, and we talked about it before, going back to that Mississippi State loss, they still just played as a better team. And then they got that win on the road at Texas A&M. And then they beat Missouri and Caleb Battle able to have 42 points. Is it a little too late? Probably. But can you at least put some consistency together, get some wins in these final stretches before you head into the SEC tournament and see what happens? Do I think that they are going to win the SEC tournament? got a hard time saying yes to that because Kentucky, Tennessee playing really, really well. But again, anything can happen. But you have to be playing really well. What we don't want to see is this team resorting back to its bad habits and old ways that we have seen so many times where, you know, they play really well and then they get blown out by 20. And so if I can see consistency, I think that that's the best win for Arkansas tonight. Uh, 
Are, are you, uh, Alyssa, are you concerned at all? I was just thinking about this with, with Muss and the three-point line being an issue earlier in the year, how, how C- Coach was talking about we're not going to take a lot of three-pointers. And then this last game, how well we shot the three. Uh, are you worried maybe we fall in love with it and, and kind of come back to, to the normal instead of shooting that great percentage we did? Yeah, I think so, especially when Khalif Battle says, you know, like, the president could tell me not to take that shot and I'll take that shot. Like, ah! <laughs> I don't know if that's a great philosophy because you're right. You can hit threes and be feeling it one night and be completely off the next night and, and be settling for bad shots. That's not what you want to see. You want to see smart basketball. There's a really big difference between just being able to shoot the ball and being smart about it. So hopefully we see smart basketball tonight, Matt. Well, and the uh, president doesn't control his playing time the way that Musk does. Right. So, yeah, right. think of it in those terms. But that also goes <laughs> to another another question about this. And and this is something that that Matt's hit on quite a bit, that no matter what, even in a season that, 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 that may be lost without, and without postseason play, you still are playing for yourself and for the future. And individually from the players that are out of eligibility, I do wonder about how many of these guys are playing for next year or playing f- to make an impression on Muss to stick around next year if this is where they want to be. Because, I mean, that's, that's how Battle is playing right now. That's how, that's how Layden Blocker is playing right now. Mm-hmm. You know, I yeah. mean, none of us want to think about, oh, 2024, 25. But in their minds, too, if they want to be here, like, that's also what they're playing for. Can I, can I be a devil's advocate for a minute? Go for because, it. Because you also can be playing that way so that you're attractive when you're back in the transfer portal. I don't know. And that's where it's just like this world that we live in right now is specifically in college basketball where those developmental guys, like we talked about last week, those just aren't there because you've got to, you have to every single year almost resell yourself on why you should be here. You know, Layden Blocker is probably going to have to be like, you know, I should be a Razorback because of X, Y, and Z, or I'm hitting the portal because of X, Y, and Z. You've got Joseph Pinion. I want to be a Razorback because of X, Y, and Z. And it's like you have to resell yourself every single year with the way that this program is working right now. That's the track record, like it or not. That's how it is. You don't get to decide if you want to be here or not. Some people are making those decisions for you in certain cases. So I don't know what I don't know what you play for, except for your own pride, except for you want to just go out and you want to play as an athlete, as a competitor. But then where was that earlier in the year? So I don't know. It's it's such a I struggle with that because from a team sport, you would hope that you just want to play for the guy beside you, and it looks like they're doing that now. So maybe they finally figured it out. I mean, even Tremont Mark said that like we're just a, we're really good basketball players. But we just didn't gel early on. We just had some issues early on. That doesn't make us bad basketball players. We just couldn't play as a team early on. And so I just don't know right now if if there's anything from a team standpoint that is really, really motivating these guys. And I could be completely wrong and completely off base, but that's how I feel watching this team even after the way that they've played these last three games. 
Hey, Phil, you bring up a good point. I, I think uh, Landon Blocker would be a guy that you do have to worry about in the transfer portal. He, he's going to be better next year. I mean, each year he's going to be continuing to get a little bit better. And so how much do you have to sweeten the pot to keep a guy like that? Yeah, and, and that's what you have to look at too, right? And that's where <laughs> NIL comes into to play and, and all of these other factors of who can swoop in and say, hey, hey, Layden, I got a spot for you in my starting five and I got X amount of dollars. And Layden goes, okay, well, you recruited me outside of high school and didn't go with you guys, went with Arkansas, but maybe I will. You know, and that's why coaches even now are talking about how you've got to keep that relationship with players who don't pick you the first time because they might pick you the second time or they might pick you the third time. I mean, you asked Josh Braun that when he came to Arkansas from Florida, he was going to go to Georgia and play for Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman takes the Arkansas job. He decides to stay home, goes to Florida. A few years later, he's up here at Arkansas. So everyone knows that. I'm not saying anything people don't know is that just because you didn't come to a school before doesn't mean that that coach isn't keeping a relationship with you if they might want you down the road. And so that's also what you have to look at and say, okay, how can we keep you here? How can we keep you happy? And, you know, what what selling points do you have? Uh, but it's, it's a lot to juggle. I'm not envious of that job. But, you know, you just can't be surprised and shocked anymore when people stay or people leave. Let's, we, we, let's take this this topic over to women's basketball for a moment, you know, and I, I could never bring it up on the, on the broadcasts, but um, you know, it's been, it's been, a, I think three games that Talia Scott has not, it's not, not played. She's not with the team, you know, and, and we're told it's a serious family emergency that can be whatever really. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what the family wants, wants to be communicated. And Hey, I mean, you'd be naive to think that there aren't schools that are making effort to get a player mm-hmm. of her caliber on their campus. Mm-hmm. They might be gathering up money to try to do exactly that. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and here's the thing. Because you you have to protect your players, but you got to also protect yourself in this world of NIL now, uh, especially with what's happened with, you know, what you saw in the, the rulings in the federal courts in Tennessee and Virginia about, you know, no, you can, you know, rule. They can, you can tell recruits how much money you want to offer them and get into this bidding war, and it's just going to be a mess, right? So, you know, what, a, a hypothetical, seriously hypothetical, I want to make sure that I make that very, very clear, but you have no idea what other SEC schools, what other ACC schools might be going, you are a stud, and I want you on my team. What does that look like? What does that look like? From a financial NIL standpoint, what does that look like? You know, we all know LSU has the means to bring in Angel Reese from Maryland and bring in Haley Lithover over from Louisville. And, like, we talked about this a few weeks ago, Matt. I don't think anyone can buy Caitlin Clark away from Iowa, but I bet they're going to try. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. she's Caitlin Clark. So don't act silly and naive that that's not going to happen to Talia Scott, that that at least isn't going to be a conversation that someone's going to want to have with her. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's for sure. And it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a the, scary world we live in right now. <laughs> look, I think that's in the, I think that's in the, I think that's in the back of the mind of every single coach on this campus, you know, regardless of the state of their program or the state of their season. I mean, you just have to, mm-hmm. you know, you have to, you have to appreciate the idea that there are other programs sure. that have, have had, 
communication with your players before they became your players, and they're going to stay handsy with them while they can. I mean, they just they right. just will. And, and and no one, I think, if you look at football, right? I don't think anyone thought that Trey Knox was going to leave and go to South Carolina. Blew me out of the water. Mm-hmm. Rocket Sanders thought he was going to go to the league, right? Thought he was going to go to the NFL, probably not. Under the then he transferred goes to South Carolina. I thought he'd maybe go back home. You know, wishful yep. thinking, knock on wood, he went the transfer portal. Great. Come back home, man. Come to FSU. I'm being biased. But go to South Carolina. Hi, everybody. This is Chris George from Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Christmas gifts, weddings, heirloom family treasures. And at Joshua's Fine Jewelry, we only have one sale every year, and it's right now. Every single item in our store is value priced for Christmas. We do custom one-of-a-kind jewelry. If that's what you're looking for, come see us. You can get anything fixed for a Christmas gift. Selection, quality, service, and Christmas red tag prices now through Christmas at Joshua's Fine Jewelry in beautiful downtown Russell. Hickey and Hole Law Partners are now here for you and all your legal needs in MENA and the Little Rock area. Hickey and Hole Law Partners specializing in divorce, custody cases, civil litigations, and more. Having over seven decades of combined experience to better serve you and the community you live in. Please visit KevinHickeyLaw.com or call us at 479-434-2414 for a consultation or come by an office nearest you. Things are about to get better. I have time here. Uh, myself, C-Money, um, we're going to be joined by Bill King from National Sports Radio here in just a second. You had uh, Phil Elson's uh, gone to get Dave Van Horn, get to some sound. The baseball team's going to take on Grambling here uh, at 3 o'clock. Let's, uh, we got Bill. Bill, hey, man, what's up, dude? Hey, guys, good to be with you. Oh, always fun uh, being with Bill King. Hey, Bill, I, I, we'll be kind of all over the place a little bit today with uh, spring sure. break coming up and spring ball sorts of stuff. Uh, what's uh, do, do you get out? Do you go on any trips, any wine tastings, any golf trips? What, what's kind of a, a vacation for Bill? Really no, but we have a summer commitment down on the Emerald Coast where we have stations that carry the show. So down there on the beach in the uh, seaside, Fort Walton Beach, Destin, Sand Destin, watercolor area, we have an event down there that starts May 2nd. So that probably, that kind of answers little. your description there. Yeah, no, I love it. A little working vacay. That's, uh, yeah. that's the way to yeah. do it. Hey, uh, they had the baseball, I don't know what it's called, baseball classic of sorts in Arlington. Uh, I don't know if you took a gander at that or, or saw any any bit of that and, and the, just the performance that Arkansas pitching staff uh, put on. Is it early in the season, Bill? I, I just wanted to get your, your thoughts on that. And early in the season, is it expected that the pitching might be a little bit ahead of the hitting? I would absolutely think so, particularly if you're good. If you're a good staff. <laughs> Obviously, Arkansas is and always will be. Yeah, I think I think so. I think what's so startling, and, and again, not an original thought, but I think it's getting even deeper. It was already, SEC baseball was already deeper than SEC football, which is a phenomenon, right? And I think this year it's even deeper. I, I think there are legitimately five teams. They won't all get in, as we know, but our, our Omaha teams, without stretching the truth, I, I I think you could go Arkansas. I think you got to throw A and M in there right now with the way they're playing. Tennessee, Florida, 
and uh, probably LSU. I would throw LSU in there. You know, they, they took a loss to Stony Brook over the weekend. I'm not real worried about that. And I'm probably leaving somebody out there that's huge that I'm, I'm just misrepresenting, but it's, it's a crazy league. Oh, I would, 60% of it is, is uh, SEC squads as far as the top 10. Uh, and then you got Texas yeah. at 15, so it's only going to get stronger uh, next year. Yeah. I, I believe Auburn and Alabama are still in the top 25 right now. South Carolina is in there, uh, no, no question about it. How, how much do you put into uh, account some of these early season games? I mean, it's, 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 it's a marathon, not a sprint, but how impressive was that performance? But, I mean, they went 2-1. and one. Everything was a one-run game. But uh, their, their three starters went 33 innings with zero runs uh, allowed. No, it's incredible. It's incredible, good competition, et cetera. It's very difficult before you get into league play, other than we know Arkansas personnel is outstanding. But it's very difficult to mix and match how that would look when you mingle everybody. It just is. Mm-hmm. and. That, until we get one about three weeks, whenever that is, we start going head-to-head and everything. It is tough to say this game here meant that. Maybe you've got a bat or two on a certain team that's not fired up yet, that's, that, that's not hot yet, that you know probably will be. The weather changes things as well. It's, it's difficult early on, but I just stereotype Arkansas baseball. I, I don't care who trots out and who the next guy is and, I'm always going to have them elite. You have to. Hey, Bill, it's Christian here. You know, the Razorbacks face some really good quality pitching in Arlington, and they won't be seeing quite that against Grambling. Does that help or hurt them, or is it just one of those things you got to kind of just get through it? It can actually hurt you. Now, not necessarily in the long game, and in the long game I mean down the road when it comes to the season. Pitching where you're used to seeing outstanding quality pitching and then you go against a team where the fastballs are 85 and they're pretty much pitching you off-speed stuff because they know what's going to happen with an 85-mile-an-hour fastball misplaced pretty much 90% of the time what Arkansas is going to do to you. And I saw that in the Tennessee series. that They played Albany, a terrible team. And they drafted a pitcher coming in there, 83 to 85, maybe a guy with 87, a lot of off-speed stuff. They're up, they're up there hacking away like they're swatting butterflies. That can happen to you. I'm not going to predict that for Arkansas, but that does mess you up. Hey, Bill, did you have? Uh, do you have? Um... Uh, I guess a take on this uh, storm in the court because uh, we, we've been kind of talking about that with with the basketball player uh, kind of having a run in and, and, and what colleges can do because it's kind of the college experience students uh, going to games and I, I don't know if we're getting a little carried away with it. One, one of my things was when when you when I watch soccer over in Europe and if the home team does something wrong. Uh, they they won't let home fans go to games for three games. So if it, you you take something like that, you take the corporate suites out of it, you take the atmosphere out of it, uh, and and you don't let home fans go in for three games. I don't know what the solution is, but ha- have y'all been talking about that at all on your show? Has not come up, but my whole thinking has always been nothing's going to be done until they want something done. It's, it's pretty simplistic. I don't think they want anything done. Now, you, you can sit there publicly and with PR uh, sound bites say the right things and how horrible it was, which it was 
But until you do something about it, and I don't know what the true answer is. I I heard some folks say you would have to vacate the game or forfeit the game. I don't think they're ever going to go that far after a game's complete. But I don't I don't know that there's any proof they really want something done about this, meaning the power brokers. Well, I think you're right because if you look at everybody's uh, recruiting video, that's what it, the first thing they show is is tearing down the goalpost or, or stor- storming the Correct. court. So, so you, yep. you might be onto something. Hey, are these? Uh, do, I, we just heard about this this NIL deal for Jackson Dart getting his uh, net jets net uh, jets miles. I don't know that it's that uh, that brand of of, of airplane. Uh, Caleb Williams, you know the penthouse on on the beach. Uh, uh, you have Kentucky basketball players. You know, you sign with Kentucky, you get an exotic car. Uh, what's some of the craziest things you've heard about some of these players getting? Quinn Ewers got to go to Ohio State along with money, about a $120,000 extra cab truck. I remember that. Now, that's not necessarily in your category of exotic. And, no, that's big time. Yeah, no, that's cool. I mean, it's. it's yeah. I'd, I'd like to have one. I don't Absolutely. have one that big. Yeah, but Carson Beck purchased a Lambo. I don't know if that counts either. He's got. He's making seven figures, so he can have a car collection. But I, I think I think we see those, and I think the perception, and I think what they want the perception to be is this is everywhere, and it's not. It's not that common, and. The money that's that's being talked about that's so crazy, that's not that common either. But that's what you want the marketplace to think. And that's what's going on there. It's, it's very profound to see that. And the average fan thinks that's just every street corner, and it's very rare. It still is. What do you think, uh, expect, I mean, how is, what's, what will be a good, I know you can't, you, you're not really winning anything in, in spring ball. Uh, I mean, it's, what should Ole Miss be trying to accomplish here in spring ball? Because their hype train is going to be real. Um, are, are they just trying to get through it? What, what, what are they trying to do this, this spring? You probably wouldn't say this, but just get your reps and do not get anybody injured. If you have to, put all your good players in bubble wrap every, every practice. Mm-hmm. There's really nothing that you're wondering about. It's... Guys, I go back as a kid to the 70s and 80s. And I think you know me well enough. I'm not going to say something just to see how some audience might react. This is by far the best Ole Miss roster I've seen in my life. Now, they've had a bunch of bad teams in there. I want to I be relative to what I just said. It is an absolute playoff roster. And I'm, I'm saying bare minimum. I don't know if I think they could be the last team standing. I don't know if I have them there. Uh, they they have they're bringing in three starting offensive linemen from Washington and North Carolina that are all six six three thirty that that are starters and experienced. And they're bringing in Walter Nolan, and they're just a litany of names that they're bringing in to come back with a really good starting group from a year ago, players who were already there, here's the other element. I think defensive line positions are gold. The state of Mississippi this last year, the class of 23, was loaded. I mean freaking loaded with ready-made defensive linemen, and they took all of them. They got every one of them. And I think most of those guys will rotate. 
and a two or three deep, I'm not sure what they're missing. You, you obviously won't do better at running back than John Judkins, but I don't know if that's a premium position anymore, guys. I, they are. I'm going to overhype them, and they, they history says you can't live up to original overhype. That's what history says, and I may overhype them here, but they are loaded by their standards. Yeah, I'm. I'm excited to see uh, to see what yeah. they do, and and with that offensive line, to to your point, I, I think that's kind of if they feel like they have the best offensive line. Uh, you feel like you do. You can find a running back uh, to, to to run behind that group. Is yep. um, if if I was to say Alabama or LSU finish, and I know we got a long time away, but who who yep. is this more important? Who is spring ball more important to this this spring? Alabama or LSU? Well, now this is a horrible cop out answer. It depends on which angle, right? Alabama has a complete coaching roster transition plus some guys they had to replace who weren't there for two three weeks right mm-hmm. and and you've got to you've got to find out here's the number one question about alabama among all of them would be is miro kaylin DeBoer's type quarterback i don't think so but but we've got to get into the spring and let that all work its way out you'll have some transfers based on this decision too and maybe dylan lonergan the young kid out of georgia ends up being their quarterback. They also have a 6'6 kid from UW off that roster who is behind Penix, who they think is a fantastic prospect coming over. But see, LSU has a defense, guys, that is bankrupt. They have a defense, guys, that does not exist. It is god-awful. When's the last time you thought about LSU football and you thought devoid of dudes on the defensive line? Guys? They're devoid of dudes on the D-line, and they didn't do anything in the portal to fix that. That's a problem, and that side of the ball has been 100% their problem. They've got to get that fixed, and I don't know if they get there. Yeah, uh, with a quarter, finding a new quarterback and then Perkins, I, I, uh, I've never seen a player that was so good one year and then not really uh, the, the next year. I was really surprised about that. Yeah, and, and Nussmeyer's the quarterback. And remember when he came in the SEC championship game two years ago when Daniels went down, he threw in about two and a half quarters for, what, 350 yards? That's he's, right. he's not nearly as good as Jack Daniels. Don't, don't, I'm not suggesting that. They'll be okay there. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at HitThatLine.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.